Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Monday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Better Picks. We need to get uh, updated stuff on our show, but we are sponsored by Better Picks. Um, we'll have a deal for you a little bit later in the show. As you're coming in, make sure to smash that like. Make sure to subscribe. You know the deal. Um, joining me, as always, Slim Cliffy. How was your weekend? Uh, not too bad. Um, ended up cashing on Saturday night, which, you know, it's always nice. One of those, um, one of those ones where I got to his year because of the late news when he came back. Um, so that was nice, but it also got me away from both Luke Hughes and, um, and Philip Ronick. So, uh, that kind of backfired, uh, still nice to cash though. We'll take it, uh, move along to this slate. Interesting games we have here tonight. Like there's a couple, there's a couple lopsided, what you would think would be lopsided matchups might not be as bad upon first glance. There's a big, uh, question mark in the Colorado game that we'll get to a little bit later. So um, pretty interesting slate to break down, I think. What do you think about these games? Yeah. Um, I see someone say Cliffy Washington rant incoming, not before my Washington one rant. Like that game, like I just want to take a detour off a cliff, but it is what it is. Um, These games are interesting. You know, there's some pretty high road totals here. Uh, There's also some pretty high home totals as well, but um there's a couple of really big spend up spots that as long as McKinnon plays and he's questionable, he was sick. He missed morning skate. We Like you can take your best guess. It's a 50, 50. We really don't know. Like there are a couple games. I legitimately don't have much interest in at all. So I don't know. I feel like my lineups, I, I already have a decent idea what I'm going to do with my lineup, but Six game slate, I'll never say no to. It's much better doing six game slates than 14 game slates. So I, I do really like this one. Maybe I have a little bit of tunnel vision, but that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. I, in, interesting totals on this slate, too. When you see um, the San Jose Sharks and the Buffalo Sabres with the same. Uh, goal total when uh, we know how good Buffalo was last year. Obviously, Tage Thompson's still hurt, but we know how good Buffalo was offensively last year. I just think it kind of speaks to where they are as a team right now. Um, there's some interesting stuff going on with the Sabres. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, San Jose again, man. 
I mean, I got to give it up for Michael Grandlin. <laughs> I said I wouldn't play him uh, again until he retires. Um, and goes out and has a goal and assist in the last game. Um, good for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and you look at that ownership on that line tonight, and I just want to cry. Like, go ahead and play him. It's fine. We'll get to that game, though. Like, I'm surprised Washington totals that high, man. Like, they just – I guess Kuznets off that, but we'll get there when we get there. I, I don't want to get angry 30 seconds into the show. Yeah. Uh, let's get into this slate, but before we do, you can get 50% off Odd Shopper Premium Monthly with promo code Black Friday. That ends tonight, so it's a limited-time offer. This gets people access to all the Odd Shopper Premium tools, the discords, and our experts' picks, which are now on Odd Shopper. A lot of good stuff. I think uh, Ben Raza, Greg Ehrenberg were in the Odd Shopper uh, main chat at 1.30 answering your questions. So it is good value. So promo code Black Friday ends tonight, 50% off. My wife advocating drinking, no claws. Absolutely not. After the show, I sat in the chair and drank claws, and I ended up not moving from the chair until after lock. The sombrero went on. It was a, it was a scene. We're not doing that again. At least not on at least not on a Monday. Yeah. We'll save that for like next week when it's a wild week for us in the Harris household. Lots of stuff to do. Probably going to drink some claws. Buffalo Buffalo Bruins. The Boston Bruins with a 3.8 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.6 total. Columbus played last night. They lost 3-2 to Carolina. I thought Mr. Lickens played really well. Kind of got a little unlucky there at the end. Um, this is an interesting game because we all know Boston's one prowess on the power play. Their five on five numbers actually aren't that good, and this is not the best power play spot. The Blue Jackets don't take a ton of penalties, so when I was coming into this slate, I was like, "Oh yeah, if I'm spending up, it's going to be for Col- it's going to be definitely for Colorado one." Now McKinnon is questionable, and there is no real expensive late swap option. I guess you can, like, go McKinnon with a cheap D-man, and then if he's out, you can just swap it in and expect whatever. But, like, I'm kind of off Boston 1 here. They're fine. Don't get me wrong. But 1-3, to three, I don't think I'm going to get too much Boston 1. If you want a one-off Pasternak, it's fine. He's 9,800. It's expensive. But, like... He obviously can get there, but their five-on-five numbers are lacking. It's not a great power play spot, and they're coming in with a fair bit of ownership, 14%. It's still about half of their top two stack percentage, so there's positive leverage there. I just think, you know, there are much better options for cheaper in better uh, power play spots tonight. If you want to play them, I'm not I'm not going to tell you no, but I'm just telling you my thoughts in one to three. I just don't think this is a good enough spot where I can justify spending 20000 22,200 on DraftKings for a power play spot that leaves a lot to be desired. So if you then you start going down the lineup here because there really isn't a matchup that, you know, Columbus it, I mean like that top line actually is okay, but after you get past that top line there's just not much there defensively if you want to go to like a Coil Van Reems like Frederick, I guess that's fine and then you see like one of the highestly negative one of the negative 
what am I trying to say? One of the most negatively leveraged lines on the slate is Boston three, DeBrusque, Portois, and Heinen. They're coming in projected at 11%. Like, that's just bonkers. Like, at that point, I'm just going to go play the Sharks, honestly. So, like, don't have a lot from the Boston side. Columbus one, I think, is in playing MME. I just, from a one to three perspective, I don't love this game. Yeah, Boston one is interesting. Um, 2.9 expected goals for per 60 minutes this year, 3.3 against, and they are actually giving up more shots against than they're landing on net so far in their sample. They're up over 120 minutes together so far this year. Now, they are scoring quite a bit. 4.6 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Like that's what happens when you have Marshan and Pasternak and you know, McAvoy and Lindholm on the blue line and those guys. So there's still a lot of offense here, but you're right about the power play spot. Um, Columbus is only shorthanded 2.9 times per game. Like that's really not a lot. League average still around 3.4, 3.5. So clearly they're well below that. Um, the Columbus penalty kill, it's, it's a weird thing because they've given up so far this season. They, they're giving up a ton of shot attempts against on the penalty kill, but not a lot of actual shots. Um, so it's not really resulting in a lot of goals. The flip side of that, Columbus goaltending has a 933 on save percentage on the penalty kill so far this year. Like that is absolutely absurd. That's going to regress pretty heavily. Um, I'd be shocked if they were over 900 by the time the end of the season roll around probably closer to like 880 or something like that. So the penalty kill is going to regress, but are, you know, they don't take enough penalties to really get buried by it in a single game. Like, you know, anything can happen in a game. The Bruins can go two for two on the power play here tonight, right? Like that's just kind of how those things go. Um, but yeah, it's not really a great power play spot. And on top of that, this Columbus top line's been playing pretty well. And I was like, I've been genuinely surprised at their hesitance to use Kirill Marchenko on the top line. Cause like they were good together last year, at least maybe not great, but <laughs> there really wasn't a lot else to play. You know what I mean? So like um, their numbers so far this year, are pretty good. They're they've been together for about a hundred minutes, 2.6 expected goals for 2.2 against. 4.8 actual goals for 0.6 against like those numbers are going to come towards the middle a little bit, but they've been at least playing even to the opposition, which is not something almost any Columbus line has been able to do this year. So I'm kind of in your boat where I, I think the ownership is actually just fine on them. Like yes, 14% ownership on DraftKings, but um, pretty high top two stack percentage. So they're getting, there is a, like you said, there is a lot of positive leverage here. Um, if people are afraid of, of the Nathan McKinnon potential scratch, I, I think he's going to play, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Then I like no issue going with Boston one here. It is still a back-to-back for Columbus. Like that is a tough spot for any team and and you're getting a rested Boston team coming into town. So like, I get it by that sense. Um, but I think I would probably just want to avoid that top line right now, the top line matchup. And I was interested in the Boston second and third lines until I saw that ownership. Um, again, I'll bring it up real quick. You mentioned the the Poitra Heinen uh, Debrus line, eleven percent ownership. It's because they are one of those really cheap lines that you can stuff with Colorado one and Colorado one and Tampa Bay um, are going to carry a little bit of ownership here tonight. So. 
I think I would like, I think I'm fine with Boston too here. Cause you do get James Van Reems like on the top power play unit. Not like he's, you know, like the, the, the straw that stirs the drink or anything there, but getting those minutes is important. Um, they have played pretty well offensively. 3.4 expected goals, 3.5 actual goals per 60 minutes at five on five. There is some fluctuating ice time. Like you'll see Van Riemsdyk play like 12, 13 minutes, some games, and you'll see him like 17, 18, even I think even 19 minutes recently in other games. So um, that kind of inconsistency is a little bit of a problem, but they've been playing really well. Um, they're going to see probably a fair bit of that Fantilli line matchup on the Columbus side. I mean, I don't think anybody's surprised by this, but the defensive numbers are pretty bad for Columbus uh, with that line on the ice. Three expected goals against per 60 minutes at five on five. Um, I don't think it's it's a tough matchup at all. So I think I would just like avoid all that, what I think is ridiculous ownership on Boston three and just go play Boston two instead. Um, even if you just want to do like a two man of like Frederick and Van Riemsdyk or something like that, I think that's perfectly fine. So I think Boston one and two are very, very much in play here. Uh, I'm, I would lean at, at other expensive spots, but no issue with Boston one. On the Columbus side, like going into that Boston top line is it's a weird matchup for Columbus one because the Boston top line, like I said, they're getting out shot on a permanent basis. Their expected goals are below water. Um, they are getting great goaltending, which has kind of been the hallmark of the Boston team for a while. The goaltending behind them is almost 950 at 505, which is like, it's just insane. Um, but Marchenko, like I'm, I'm a really big fan of his. He's been playing well. Godro had two, two minutes yesterday. I just don't know if like there's any one single like real exploitable matchup. Uh, on the Boston side, despite some of their lines not having great five on five numbers, like if anything, it would probably be that line A Fatili Voronkov line. Um, you know, bad defensive numbers, the offensive numbers are just fine. Line A's been on the top power play unit. Fantilli's been, you know, around 16 minutes a game, give or take a minute, pretty consistently of late. So um, you're going to get reasonable ice time. You're not, there's not going to be much ownership on the Columbus side, you know, pretty much across the board. You're looking, you know, one to two percent for the top line and less than that for the depth so uh, you know if you want just one off like fantilly one off line a i think that's fine but i think it might be columbus too that i kind of like best in this matchup um boston does take a ton of penalties columbus's top power play unit is just it's it's awful like they're shooting five percent this year which is almost unthinkable for a power play but they're doing it um so i think in in this game i would go uh, Boston one, Boston two, Columbus two, you know, I, for ownership purposes, I, you know, if you're playing a 20 max or a 150 or something like that, I don't mind going to Columbus one. They're just really not my favorite, like 15 to 18 K line, like in that price range. Like I think there are other lines in that range to go play instead. So, uh, I think the one line that I would say that I'm really not, and we'll put this one on the slander list. The one line that I'm really not excited about playing in this game is, is the Columbus top line. Yeah, you heard that, um, Clayton. Johnny Gaudreau sucks. No, but yeah, no, I get it. But um, also, shout out the Rangers putting up a seven spot on that nine fifty save percentage. Suck on that. But yeah, I agree with your analysis. Let's move on to a game that feels wildly important: Florida Panthers with a three point five total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a three point two total. Senators mixing up their lines, going back to Timmy Stew. Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux. 
Josh Norris with Drake Batherson and Joseph. Tarasenko down in the third line with Kubalik and Rourke Chartier. Uh, status quo for the Panthers. I always want to say the Flyers whenever I, I don't know what it is. I need a, I need a I need a coach. That's what I. That's it's, what that I F, it's that FL sound from the Flyers. That yeah, has to be it. Anyway, we were talking about this game uh, before the show. We're kind of interested with the line matching because it's kind of important for the Florida side. Um, you know, for the Ottawa side, it, I mean, it doesn't truly matter, I guess. Like, but what you noted was that Norris Batherson, the last time they were together at home, they went out pr- uh, pretty much a little bit over half the time against the Los Angeles Kings top line. So if that's the case, they're going to be getting the Barkov Reinhardt Erod matchup, and Norris and Batherson this season have putrid defensive numbers. And you see the Florida top line ownership here at one point six percent, and that's probably right, even if it doubles to like three, three and a half, right? Like we were on them the last game; they got shut out by Hellebuck, and everyone was big mad. But like, if you follow that same process. Compared to Florida's two ownership at 12.1%, Florida one is an extremely good GPP play. Now, Florida two is also an extremely good GPP play because even if they avoid the Norris Batherson line, the Stutzler Kachuk line at best are trading chances. So, I mean, Florida, it's pick your poison. I think you can power play stack as well. Um, on the Ottawa side, if the Norris Batherson line does take the Barkov matchup. I don't mind Ottawa one here. They're coming in with a little bit more ownership than the Boston top line, but they're $2,100 cheaper. Stutzel and Kachuk on the top power play. Drew's their best playmaker. You know, it's just a question. You know, Florida's always high event, but Brofsky sometimes, you know, falls asleep at the wheel. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I kind of was hoping that the Norris line was going to go out against Kachuk so I can game stack the Kachuks, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, it might not be it might not be Kachuk season um, here tonight. Starting on the Ottawa side, it is interesting that the top line does have fairly poor defensive numbers, 3.5 expected goals against 4.2 actual goals against in about hundred minutes together for Stutzler, Giroux and Kachuk. The reason why that's interesting is in a much, much bigger sample last year, like over 500 minutes together, they had better than league average defensive numbers. 
And, you know, they've only played 100 minutes together this year. It might be a small sample. I'm wondering if it's not a change in approach offensively. Um, one thing I've been talking about uh, on Twitter over the last few days on and off and basically over the last couple of weeks is there's a lot of teams that have completely changed the way that they're approaching the off- their offensive attack so far this year. Carolina, by far, is the most notable one. Um, if you look at where they, where they typically shot from in years gone by, it was shots from the point and, you know, cleaning up rebounds and deflections, stuff like that in front of the net. If you look this year, they're not taking any shots from the middle of the ice. They're all coming from the circles. Um, something like that is happening. We'll talk, we'll talk about Buffalo in a second. It's happening with Buffalo, happening with the Rangers to an extent. So both teams in that game. Um, Vegas is another team that's doing that. Uh, Ottawa is also one of those teams that's doing that, where they altered – how they're attacking in the offensive zone. And I'm wondering if it's not leading the worst defensive results because they're still trying to get used to that offensive system and it's leading to missed passes, turnovers, bad shots, like those types of things, things that could lead to, you know, high percentage counterattacks against. So it is still not a huge sample, like I said, around 100 minutes, but I think it's something worth interesting to monitor because – like 3.5 expected goals against is awful. Like that's something you'd expect to see on a team like San Jose and not on the top line in Ottawa. Like say what you will about Ottawa. Still to the Kachuk and Giroux is a really, really good top line. Even with the defensive injuries, it shouldn't be that bad. So I'm wondering if it's going to turn around. I'm not sure if it will. The thing is, is that they're still generating a lot offensively. Like they're generating even more expected goals and about the same actual goals for as they are against. So they're still creating quite a bit. And I brought up uh, Claude Giroux in my, not Claude Giroux, Tim Stutzel in my picks article today. Um, Free to read over at stochastic.com. Head on over to the NHL section. Um, What I brought up about Tim Stutzel is he's on pace for 113 points this year shooting 10% where he's normally like a 13, 14, 15% shooter. So he's actually been a little bit unlucky in that regard. And he's still on pace for 113 points. I think he's over three shots per game. So um, you got to think he's going to pick it up a little bit offensively. Um, You know, Brady Kachuk has been shooting quite a bit like his, I mean, he always does, but he's up to almost 15 shots per 60 minutes over his last six games with, which is just like absolutely insane. Um, shot creations so i would prefer that they go up against the bennett uh verhage kachuk line because i really don't want them going in barkov and reinhardt so i don't mind that matchup so i do like ottawa one here tonight ottawa two i'm out on norris and batherson like awful numbers together this year 2.3 expected goals for 3.4 against even worse when you look at actual goals for and against um shot attempts 53 per 60 minutes shot attempts against 72 so like they're getting soundly outplayed when they're on the ice um batherson has been heating up though like he had a really low shoot shooting percentage through the first few weeks he has four goals and seven points in his last five games 17 shots on net um a bit of that is coming from the power play which i'll get to in a second but i don't think that's going to be a very good line um with matthew joseph on the other wing so i'm out on floor on ottawa two i mean ottawa three uh, I don't know. Kubalik 
has actually been shooting more lately than Vladimir Tarasenko. And that's something we mentioned the last time Ottawa was on this, was on a slate was that Tarasenko's kind of turned into more of a playmaker than a shooter. Um, as he's starting to get a little bit older, like he's like 32, 33 years old now. So, um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to go to Ottawa three, like two man Tarasenko and, 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 um, Kubelik or something like that. But I think I'd rather just kind of go to the other side of the game and go to the cheap guys for Florida. If I'm going to do that, Lundell, Lusterainen and Cousins, um, you know, those guys do have a pretty good uh, sample in, in or pretty good numbers in a small sample, 78 shot attempts for 53 against per 60 minutes. Um, Lundell and Lusterainen are shooting a little bit. Like I think I'd rather go to the Florida three side than not play Ottawa three here. It's the Florida top six that is really interesting. Um, I did write up Carter Verhage in the picks article today. I made the note that even um, Sam Bennett jumped up to one of the, for one of the power plays in their last game. So Bennett might have taken a spot, Verhage spot on the power play, but you still get two out of the three guys on that top power play unit. Um, they, you know, 3.3 expected goals per 60 minutes for that Florida two line. They just haven't scored together yet this year. Like, Matthew Kachuk is down near 3% shooting. Um, you know, Verhage's still scoring well, uh, but it's Kachuk, Kachuk's lack of offense is really hurting that entire line. It's just a matter of when. I did notice Kachuk is taking a lot more shots from distance this year than he ha- typically does. Like, he's a guy that usually lives within about 20 feet of the net. He has more shots from the faceoff dots, so I think that might be part of it, but still doesn't explain having only three goals at this point of the year. It's Florida one that I do have more interest in. Like they're, if they go up, it looks like they're going to go up against Norris and Batherson. And that's a matchup that heavily favors the Florida side. Um, With Evan Rodriguez on the top line, 3.0 expected goals, 6.0 actual goals. Now they're shooting 17% as a line. Even if they shot like 10% as a line, they would still be scoring three and a half to four goals per 60 minutes. Like they're really, really good. Alexander Barkov, 35 shots in his last 10 games. So he's really starting to get involved offensively. Um, you know, Ottawa doesn't take a ton of penalties, 3.3 times shorthanded per game. But you you know that Barkov and Reinhardt are going to be on the top power play unit where it's more of a guessing game of which two guys on the second line are going to be there. So I do like Florida 1 in this game. So Florida 1 is the line um, that I like best here. Um, they're coming with a lot less ownership. Um, you mentioned earlier, 1.6% top two stack ownership, 12.1% on the second line. Now, lower top two stack probability, but I'll take that trade off of 1% to 2% ownership on a six-game slate. So Florida 1 for me, uh, and then Ottawa 1, and then Florida 2, and then Florida 3. I don't think – I'm not interested in the in the Ottawa second and third lines here today. I think if I'm playing Ottawa at all, I'm playing their big guys. Both – penalty kills have been very good this year it's the goaltending that's kind of let them down not very surprising for ottawa and florida goaltending but you know that's kind of the way it goes um but ottawa is a team that lives more on the power play than florida does and you know in case both goalies you know don't fall apart on the pk i I would want the florida side so i like florida one here yeah i am more on the florida side here but i definitely do like ottawa one if you are looking to take your game to the next level you should probably get into Stochastic NHL Premium. How do you do that? You click the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry, player and ownership projections, 
top stacks tools, line combinations, and the Discord. You get, you know, there's Cliffy's going to run through the tools that we show on the show, but you get access to them whenever you want. So you also get access to the Discord, like I said, which is super important if you have strategy questions, lineup questions, any kind of questions. Plenty of people in there to answer that for you. So Cliffy's article, always free to read, stochastic.com backslash NXL. The show is obviously always free as long as you smash that like button. But if you're looking to take your game to the next level, smash that link in the description in the description box below. You can get weekly, you can get monthly, you can also add on Fantasy Cruncher if you want. Thank you, Fantasy Cruncher. Buffalo Sabres with a 2.5 total heading into Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have a 3.5 total. Rangers 13-1-1 in their last 15, which is insane because their top line has been crap all season. Starting to come around a little bit. They scored a couple uh, goals against the Flyers at evens. Blake Wheeler making a difference, maybe. I don't know. Hope not. Anyway, <laughs> this is actually a good matchup for the Rangers' top line. Um, Middlestad, Skinner, and Tuck. It's a smallish sample. It's 69 minutes. Nice. But, like, they're giving it up a lot defensively. So, I was actually surprised to see that the Rangers' top line come in with more projected ownership than the second line. I was hoping, you know, the Rangers' top line here would be, like, 3 4%, and I'd be more interested in them. But if you're going to give me less ownership on the better line, I'm just going to go straight back to Trocek, Panarin, and Lafreniere. Like, Paterka and Benson have good numbers together, but it's a very small sample, and Cousins has had a pretty poor defensive season. So there's no real matchup that worries me on the Buffalo side. You get two guys on the top power play on either of the top two lines. So, I mean, I'm I'm in on both. I'd lean Rangers two, but I think Rangers one is an, actually a pretty good play here tonight. On the Buffalo side, I think you can go to Buffalo one and MME. Like, the more lineups you make, the more likely you are to get to Buffalo one. But this is a brutal matchup. For everyone who says Igor sucks, he still has saved – over five goals above expected this season. Yeah, maybe he's still struggling a little bit on the penalty kill, but like what goalie doesn't struggle a little bit on the penalty kill from time to time. So outside of Buffalo one and MME, I'm probably out on the Sabres. Yeah, I'll, I'll just start on the Rangers side, and it's the Rangers second line that I wrote up in the picks article. I, the, the price for the Rangers second line on FanDuel is over 22000 which – that's really, really expensive. Um, I get not wanting to play them on FanDuel for sure. Uh, but on DraftKings, they're very reasonably priced, 17900 I mean, that's definitely up from where they've been. We've seen them in the $15,000 price range. But it, they're justified. The, the price is justifiably rising, right? It's not like they're getting more expensive and not doing anything like we've seen with Dallas 1 at times. Um, I, I got to get in some Dallas 1 slander while I can. Um, they have been playing exceptionally well. Um, 3.3 expected goals with Vincent Trocek there this year, 3.4 actual goals per 60 minutes. Lafreniere getting pretty high levels of ice time. He's been the, the most used forward outside the top power play forwards for a few weeks for a couple weeks now. Um they they you know Artemi Panarin's shot rate has jumped up to be like top 10 amongst all forwards in the league which is some, something that he is not really known for let's just put it that way um 
you know, Buffalo's top line, not really that good defensively. Like you talked in a small sample, 3.4 expected goals against. The numbers really weren't that great last year. They were better, but still below average. So, like, I don't, you know, I don't think this is going to be a very tough matchup um, for the Rangers' top line. For the second line, I mean, it's even better. Uh, Paterka and um, Zach Benson, like, 2.8 expected goals against in their minutes together. 42 shot attempts, 464 against per 60 minutes. Like, they're getting soundly outplayed. Dylan Cousins isn't enough to make up the difference there. So, that's a pretty good matchup against the second line. So, uh, you know, they'll see most of the second line matchup, but they'll see, you know, a fair bit of just the top six in general. Um, it's going to be a pretty good matchup for that Rangers second line. So I do like New York too, quite a bit here tonight. Um, Buffalo's about league average by time shorthanded per game. Um, the difference has been a 9-13 save percentage on the penalty kill. They're another, they're another one of those teams that is going to see some penalty kill regression just through their goaltending alone moving forward. And the important part is with Eric Gustafson running the power play, um, the Rangers top power play units gone on pretty much not missing a beat. Like the goals are down, but still exceptionally high and would be amongst the best power plays in the league. If they did that for a full season, like I think there's still around 13 goals per 60 minutes with Gustafson there, which, you know, they can tear apart just about anybody. So, um, you get Trocek and Panarin on that power play unit. Trocek stands a pretty good chance of playing like 19, 19, 20 minutes. So does Panarin, Lafreniere around 16, 17. Lafreniere, his shot rate has come up quite a bit of late. He's been up closer to like 16, 17, 18 shot attempts per 60 minutes. That was a big problem for him through his first few seasons in the NHL is like he wasn't generating enough shots to – kind of break through during his slumps. Now he is, and that's a pretty big difference for him. So I really do like the Rangers second line in this matchup. The Rangers top line is kind of interesting because they, their issue had been scoring. It wasn't necessarily generating offense, although that had fallen off. Um, but they're up to 3.3 expected goals, four actual goals per 60 minutes with Blake Wheeler there. They're up over 75 minutes together. Not a huge sample, but they are creating more I think it's a fine matchup going up against Buffalo one. Um, you know, Chris, you talk about Chris Kreider's net front presence. Like if there's a guy that can kind of get through this Buffalo goaltending on the pen, on the penalty kill, it is Kreider. So I do like Rangers one here. I just think I like Rangers two better. We've seen a bigger sample, whether with Heedle, whether with Trocek, Lafreniere shooting more, not that worried about his ice time and all that. So Rangers two and then Rangers one for me. Um, you talked about the ownership. Almost no difference between the two, 6.8%, 7.4%. It's just about how much money you want to spend. Um, Rangers two for me, then Rangers one. On the Buffalo side, like, I think it's it's top line or bust here for me uh, on the Buffalo side. Like, I do like Zach Benson as a player. I'm just not sure he's ready to play top six minutes, you know what I mean, right now um, against, you know, like Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere or something like that. Um like I was saying, his numbers with Paterka, not very good uh, so far this year. The Buffalo top line with Middlestat, better, but still not great. I will say Alex Tuck is having an underrated season. A lot of his playmaking metrics are looking excellent. Might be a reason why Jeff Skinner still scoring so well at 5-on-5. Five five. The thing with Buffalo is, like, it's not like they're coming in low on, right? Like, you know, the second, third lines or whatever aren't going to carry much ownership. But the top line is actually coming in with negative leverage. 
I mean, negative leverage on the road against the Rangers. You know, the Rangers do not take a lot of penalties. 3.3 times shorthanded per game. Um, Buffalo power plays, you know, without Tate Thompson. I mean, even with him, it hasn't been that great this year. But, you know, nothing really to be threatened about. I think in a single entry, I do like the Rangers second line best in this game. So Rangers two, then Rangers one, then Buffalo one for me. Um, I'm not super pumped about the depth. Like, I, you know, I think if you want to do like a two-man of like Jost and Olofsson or something like that from Buffalo because Olofsson is on the top power play unit, at least you get that. Um, Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I, I, I think it is the top sixes from both sides that I like best here, but it is the Rangers side I do like a lot more. Yeah, and if you are Eric Gustafsson guy, this could be his last ride. Uh, supposedly Adam Fox will be back on Wednesday. But for a replacement in the waiting, he's he's been certainly very, very good on the power play. Tampa Bay Lightning with a three total heading into Colorado. Um. The Avalanche have a 3.5 total. Big news here. Uh, Nathan McKinnon missed morning skate. Sick. Unless, like, like if it's flu, I don't want to speculate, but if it's, like, a cold, he'll probably play. If he had, like, bad tuna or something, if I, – I don't know. Like, I'm not speculating. Yeah, like, like the uh, only way I – like, we don't know what kind of illness it is. Like, they would never tell us that. The only way I could see him not playing is if it's one of those, like he's literally laying in bed with an IV and can't stop throwing up or, or diarrhea or whatever, like yeah. something like that. Like, like you said, if it's a cold or even like just a mild flu, he's going to play. Yeah. So like the, the, it's the Tampa, it's like, they're going to get the Tampa one matchup, right? It's that conundrum, not the best five on five matchup. And yes, Vasilevsky's back, but like, yeah, second game back from back surgery. <laughs> yeah, but come on, man. Like, yeah, he's better than Jonas Johansson. Thank like, you. That's what I was trying to get at. Like Vasilevsky at 85, 90% better than Jonas Johansson. But like the like Colorado won, they're gonna play 22, 23 minutes. They're gonna Matt they're, they're gonna play so much, it's kind of like the McDavid thing. They're not always they're not always gonna see Tampa one. So it's like when you spent up for Boston one last year, right? With, with Bergeron, you're like, mm, they might play 16 minutes and they're about the same price, but with Colorado, you know, they're going to play 20 plus minutes. So I think if you're going to spend up and McKinnon's in, you go to Colorado one here. That's my favorite spend up option. The interesting line for me is the, the Colton O'Connor wood line. I don't think you need a full stack it. 
because it's under 10,000 on DraftKings and you only really need it if you're playing Colorado one, and then you kind of turn it into a Colorado Josh stack, which kind of feels a bit funky against Vasilevsky on a six game slate. But like that line is creating incredible amounts. And if they're going to get, okay. Like this Sorelli and Esamont, like you said, have very good numbers together, but Sorelli and Stamkos awful together. So like, there's still not enough data on that full line to know if they're going to be good or not. So I, I do, if you're, if you're not playing Colorado one and you need a filler, I don't think you need a full stack. I think you go like Colton Wood or Colton O'Connor on the Tampa side. I think it's kind of dependent if McKinnon plays. Right. So like, what, what do you kind of do here? If you're an MME player, I think you have a CSV ready with Colorado one, but if he's out, I think you just global swap to Tampa one here. I can't imagine, right? I think what would happen is with McKinnon out, Ryan Johansson would move up to the top line center or like Jonathan Drouin, something like that. And it just, it, it they won't be the same line. They'll, they'll be okay, but they're not going to be the same line. So in that sense, if McKinnon's out, I do really like Tampa one. I think it's an okay matchup anyway, because Colorado takes a boatload of penalties. The penalty kill has been pretty good, but like if you're going to give Kucherov and point five, six opportunities, on the penalty kill, like they can score. You saw what they did to Carolina, who has an elite penalty kill, just bad goaltending. It's kind of the inverse, but like the same thing could happen here. So I do like both top lines in this game. Yeah. Um, should note there's a $2,600 difference on DraftKings between Colorado going down to Tampa Bay. Um, the way you get around that swap, if you don't want to leave $2,600 on the table or even more, depending what else you have left. Um, what you do is you just put in like a $3,000 defenseman from the late games. Somebody like uh, Nick Hague, maybe even Nick Perbix from this very same game. Uh, somebody from the San Jose game, Matt Benning, Emerson, whatever. And then if you have to swap off of Colorado because McKinnon is a scratch, then you just you move your defenseman up. You go, you roster Mikhail Suryachev or Mackenzie Wiegar. Maybe you can even get up to Victor Hedman. Like that's kind of how you work around the late swap with, without having to leave, you know, thousands of dollars in salary on the table. But it is nice to have that option that if you want to use Colorado one, you can. And if McKinnon isn't in the lineup, there are ways to change, um, to change your roster around. So um, don't, don't be scared off McKinnon just because he's, you know, ostensibly a, a game time decision. Like if you do like Colorado one, and I, I mean, I do like Colorado one here tonight. I wrote them up in the picks article strictly because they're getting so many minutes, right? Like Valerie Natushkin is pretty consistently playing like 24, 25 minutes a night, which is not like some of that's coming on the penalty kill, but he's skating a lot. And McKinnon's McKinnon's skating like 17 minutes a night at even strength, even strength alone, let alone whatever he gets on the power play, which gives him like an extra five, six, seven minutes or whatever. So <clears throat> pardon me so 3.5 expected goals 5.9 actual goals <clears throat> lots of ice time you know they'll see they'll see mostly the tampa top line which has been you know pretty good defensively um so far this year but like you said they'll see a fair bit of that second line as well and sorelli and stamkos just have bad defensive numbers this year they've had they have bad defensive numbers last year um how they mix with esmont remains to be seen should also note Colorado 
had changes has been changing their lines a bit during games and it's mainly because they're like more or less benching guys that are on the fourth line um like i think cole kepke and um austin watson played like six to eight minutes in the last game and they just moved around all their other players so you'll see a bunch of different line combinations anyways but i don't think it's that bad of a matchup uh for the colorado top line and colorado is drawing a ton of power plays 4.1 power plays uh, per game it's one of the highest marks in the league now Tampa both penalty kills have been excellent this year like we should say that um, but if you're going to give McKinnon, Natushkin, Ranton and Makar those guys you know four or five power plays here tonight I, I like those chances better um, now like Colorado does take a lot of, of penalties of their own so um, I do think Tampa one is in play here tonight but I view I have these lines pretty much equal and one of them has all three guys on the top power play unit. One of them doesn't. Um, one of them, they're pretty much all guaranteed to skate 20 minutes here tonight, and the other one's not. So I would give the edge to Colorado one here, though. You want to go? I mean, we saw what Tampa one did on Friday against Carolina. Like they can go off against anybody. So if you want to play Tampa one, go right ahead. And I do love me some Brandon Hagel, 22 points in 21 games this year. I wrote about him last week um, over at Elite Prospects. He just He's just such a good player. Um, I think that's one of the – if you're playing Tampa 1, you leave him on the line, right? Like that's not one of those third wheels that you leave off, I think, unless you're just going power play stack and putting Stamkos there. But I would leave Hagel on your Tampa 1 stacks, but I do like the Colorado side more. It's Colorado 2 where things get really interesting. You mentioned the numbers for Colton, Wood, and O'Connor. 85 minutes together, 5-on-5. Five five. 98 shot attempts per 60 minutes of 5-on-5? Five that's a power play. That is legitimately just power play offense. Um, 4.4 expected goals. Now they're still not scoring a lot. There is like a line mate quality issue to this. Like I, I do think Ross Colton is pretty good. He's not an elite player though. Miles Wood is not an elite player. Logan O'Connor is not an elite player. You're not going to get elite goal scoring rates from them, but you might get a lot of shots from them. And I did write up Ross Colton because even though Colton's only been playing 12, 13, 14 minutes, he's pretty regularly putting up three shots on goal per game. Not that's not the DraftKings bonus, but he's staying involved offensively. You know, that Tampa second line, we said, not been that great defensively with Stamkos uh, and Sorelli there. So um, I don't mind like a two-man of like Colton and Wood or Colton O'Connor or something like that. I think that's more than playable here tonight. Once you get down to that third line, though, like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, you get Duran on the top power play unit, but they're really not generating anything about league average by shot attempts. The low league average by expected goals. Um, you know, the the defense has been fine, but, you know, I'm not playing them because they have great defense. <laughs> like That's not what DFS is about. So if I'm playing cheap Colorado, it is Colorado too. On the Tampa side, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, I do like Tampa 1 in this matchup. Should say, like, Colorado's top line's defensive numbers have been really good. 2.1 expected goals against. Like, it's not a, a cupcake matchup. Losing Sam Girard does kind of hurt. Because it forces them to play one of like Josh Manson or Caleb Jones or, or whomever else um, a little bit more, but all it all it really means is that they're playing Bowen Byron like 22 minutes a game now. Like Devin Taze is up to 25, Kill McCarr's up to 26. Like that's what's happening. They're getting giving all their stud defensemen even more ice time. Um, so it's not really a great matchup for Tampa, but you know wasn't a great matchup for Tampa on on Friday. So I. Don't mind Tampa one, but I do like the Colorado side better. 
Esamon and Sorelli were really good on the third line. I'm interested to see how that goes with Stamkos there. Um, I don't think it's a great matchup for them, though. That Colton line, whatever iteration it's been in, has been pretty good defensively this year. That's been one of the standout defensive lines for Colorado, um, even more so than their offense. So if anything, it would be going down to that Tampa third line if I want to go for some cheap bolts. You still get Nick Paul in the top power play unit. Um, Tanner Janot is one of the guys that doesn't get benched. He'll still play, you know, even if he's not playing a ton, he'll still get 13 minutes or something like that. So like a two-man of like Paul Janot, I think is fine. But I think top to bottom, I'd like the Colorado side better here tonight. Yep. And just, you know, be around if you are using the Avs for that McKinnon news. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Better Picks, and you can double your first deposit up to $500. Better Picks takes the traditional fantasy picking concept and amplifies it with the ability to win up to 100x your entry if you correctly select up to eight picks. Choose wisely and watch your winning soar. Forget about frustrating ties and pushes. Better Pick Picks keeps the excitement flowing with no pushes allowed. Every pick counts and every decision matters as you strive for victory. Better Picks covers a wide range of sports, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and more. Whether you're a seasoned sports fan or a casual enthusiast, we offer an extensive selection of player projections to choose from. Dive into the action, analyze the stats, trust your instincts to make the winning picks. So click that link in the description below, get your first deposit, double your first deposit up to $500. And the legal age for gambling in most states is 21 plus. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Vegas Golden Knights, 1-800-GAMBLER, right into Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights with a three total. Heading into Calgary, the Flames also have a three total. Looks like the same lines on both sides. The difference is here, Flames have new power play units. Connor Zari's off the top unit. Martin Postasil's off both units. Yegor Sharangovich is on the top unit with Elias Lindholm. Andrew Mangiapane is on the second unit. And can I jump I, in for a second? Um, go ahead. Vegas, Vegas Morning Skate is just just started about 10 minutes ago, and they, they've swapped their lines around. Oh. Um, looks like a top line of probably Paul Cotter, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone. Second line of Howden, William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, and then Barbashev, Stevenson, and Amadio on the third line. How does the real wild bill not get up on that top line? We need to send Jake to send a strongly worded letter. I mean, Eichel Marcheseau is, is or Eichel Stone is 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 a pretty good reason not to have William Carlson there. Like those are two pretty no, good players. William Carrier instead of oh. Paul Well, I, I don't know. I like Cotter. I think they really do like that. I mean, that fourth line for Vegas is really, really good. And I I, I think they want to keep them together as much as they can. It is what it is. That's interesting because both teams have been awful lately. <laughs> so, like, both teams are searching here. Eichel Stone, I would imagine they have pretty good historical numbers together. It's just they probably haven't played much with Cotter. Carlson Marcheseau, obviously, you know, they've had that history together with Riley Smith. So they have numbers together. 
So you would imagine since it's in Calgary, the Backland, Huberdeau, Coleman line is going to go out against Eichel Stone. So by default, I'll have interest in Carlson and Marcia So in that line. Um, on the the Calgary side, like I don't have a ton of interest. Like I guess I'd go to Backland, Huberdeau, Coleman, but you know they're coming in overowned. So like the Zari line is coming in overowned, and now that their power play correlation is messed up. I don't have a ton of interest there. Maybe you go to Elias Lindholm, Sharon Govitz, Mangiapani. They might see that Stevenson line, and Stevenson has been pretty bad defensively this year, but I don't have a ton of interest on the Calgary side. So the thing is, is, is Eichel and Stone really haven't played that much together without Chandler Stevenson, um, yeah. which I think is kind of notable because up until this year, Stevenson was a pretty good playmaker. Um, he's kind of falling apart this year, but in a small sample, going back to, you know, pretty much when Eichel got to Vegas, uh, Eichel and Stone, three expected goals for two against per 60 minutes of five on five, not scoring a lot. Um, they scored a lot better with Stevenson there, which makes me wonder like how that line is going to work out with Paul Cotter. Like, cause like I said, I think Paul Cotter's, kind of like kind of an underrated player at least for the way that he's played so far this year um i've been impressed with him basically anytime i've been able to watch vegas um his defensive numbers are really bad but i think eichel and stone are, are good enough to carry him um i think this is one way to get a pretty low on line combination right like i don't think a lot of people are going to be running out to play paul cotter here tonight <laughs> Um, and Vegas, Vegas's top line wasn't coming in with a lot of ownership anyway, 4.6% ownership, uh, top two stacks, uh, that was with Barbashev. Um, that's going to come down. Like they're going to be low single digits here tonight. It is a tough matchup going into Calgary, you know, considering who the, the skaters that they're going to face, but it's not as if, uh, it's not as if Calgary has been like an elite um, or the goaltending has been elite, you know what I mean? And it's not as if the Backlund Coleman line has been great with Huberto. Uh, you know, we're looking at basically break even by shot attempts for and against underwater by expected goals here 3.2 expected goals against is pretty bad. Um, in any sample, basically, once you get over 60 minutes and where they're basically running even by shot attempts for and against, it's not a matter of a huge matter of uh, of a small sample either, I don't think. So I don't mind Vegas one here with Cotter. Like Eichel and Stone, if you look at some of their playmaking metrics and shot metrics and all that, they've been far and away the best two Vegas players so far this year. It's just been the rest of the forward group hasn't been able to keep up with them. And now they're both on the same line. Like Vegas one just got pretty interesting for me. So I do like that combination. You know, Carlson and, and Marshall so skating together, you know, nice to see them back. But if they're going to be with, like, Brett Howden or something like that, like, I don't know if they're good enough to carry him, especially in a matchup, you know, where they might go up against that Kadri zari pospisil line, which has been pretty good for the Flames. So I think on the Vegas side, like, just go to Vegas 1. Like, it would be Vegas 1 or, or nothing for me uh, in that matchup. On the Calgary side, like, I did like the Kadri pospisil 
um, Zari line until everything got switched around because I liked them going up against the second line from Vegas. I liked them where you get two guys in the top power play unit, but none of that is true now, uh, which kind of sucks. So, you know, I'm not going to play the backland Coleman line because I don't want to go out against Eichel and Marsh. So I think I would just go to Lindholm, Sharon Govich, and Mangiapane. Um, you get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. They don't have a big sample together, but at the very least, Mangiapane and Sharon Govich have been outplaying the opponents. Lindholm is involved a little bit offensively, 11 shots in his last five games. I think he's got like four points in there. You get two out of three guys on the top power play unit. Um, I think it's both top lines that I like best in this game. But there are three playable lines uh, from the Calgary side is kind of the issue here. Um, I would probably just stick with Lindholm, uh, Manchipani, and Sharagovich, just because I do think there are matchups in that in that middle six from Vegas that they can take advantage of. Yeah. This game went from interesting to suck to interesting. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it sucks. But, like, you have kind of have to, like – yeah, I agree with your analysis. Let's talk about the worst game in the history of hockey. Washington Capitals with a 3.4 total. Heading into San Jose, the Sharks have a 2.5 total. Apparently, Thomas Hurdle got ruled out while we were on the show. Yeah. Fun, because I kind of actually had interest in that line here tonight because the Capitals are just dust, man. They're so old. And I don't know why they broke up uh, Dylan Strom and Ovechkin. Now they're going with Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. They're coming in super high owned, projected at 24%. Like, uh, like I, just, I, I have interest in the Strom-McMichael-Phillips line. We'll go with that because they're, they're projected around 5%, which is way higher than I want to play them at, but they're 10,800. Probably fit them with Colorado. It's an unreal spot for Washington. But, like... I mean, let's be honest. It's an unreal spot for San Jose, too. That's what I'm getting at. Like, Ovechkin is looking his age. You know what I mean? Like, if he's not scoring on the power play, which he hasn't been doing, it's coming on the empty net. So like, yeah, Washington one's fine here. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to play Hurdle Eklund Hoffman at 7%. Now, I don't even know who's going to move up to the top line center. Me neither, because I don't think I don't think they want to break up the Grandland line. Like, I, I, I honestly think what we might see is the Grandland line just kind of becomes like the default top line and plays like 23 minutes here tonight. Yeah, and Luke Cunnan um, moves up to the top line center, so I'm crap like that now i was thinking making maybe nico stern but i mean they're already playing a defenseman on the third line as it is (laughs) there's only so many options here morning skate had coonan clayton says oh i cannot stand like coonan put him on your list but like i think what i'll do on the shark side here is like like I, maybe a one-off Eklund or two-man him with Hoffman. I don't know. Like this is a pretty good matchup for the Sharks, and we don't get to say that too often. But the declared Zetterland Granlin line coming in at almost eighteen percent projected makes me just want to get sick with McKinnon. Like I just, I just don't want to play them at that ownership. I'd rather play Washington too. 
I'd rather play Colorado too. Like the the laundry list is long of lines I'd rather play than Mikhail Granlin at 18%. I don't care that he had two points and 19 and a half DK points. In the long run, fading Mikhail Granlin will be profitable. This game sucks. If you're on Washington, it's fine. I just I just don't think I can do it. Yeah. Um the thing was is like I I had mentioned it, I think, in our chat our discord earlier today is either that on Twitter. Um, the San Jose defensive numbers had actually been starting to get a little bit better. I did write about that in the picks article. Cause I wrote up John Carlson um, over their over their last 10 games, 25th in the league by expected goals against like, they're no longer like at or near the bottom with like, you know, the Columbus's or whatever. They're actually looking like a functional NHL team defensively offensively, I think is a little bit of a different matter. Part of that was Hurdle and Hoffman have been playing pretty well. Part of that is Zetterlin and Granlin have been playing pretty well together. Um, problem is, is like Zetterberg, Zetterlin and Granlin are just not generating any offense. 42 shot attempts per 60 minutes at five on five. Like that's, you'll sometimes you'll see penalty killers generate roughly that much. Um, Duclair, 10 shots in his last five games. He's still, you know, getting involved offensively somewhat, even though he's not on the top power play unit. Um, I am not a fan of Luke Cunning uh, going to play with William Eklund. Like, that's just, like, Cunning just can't play with him. Like, he doesn't have the skill to do it. So, I, I mean, anything can happen. I think something that should be noted is that as San Jose's defense has gotten better, Washington's has gotten worse. Like, Washington has been one of the worst teams by expected goals against over the last 10 games. Um, it's the goaltending that has saved them at times. It, it looks like it when you watch their games. They do look like a team that is just getting outplayed pretty much night after night. Um, you mentioned Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. So far this season, 65 minutes together, 42 shot attempts, 4 per 60, 72 against. The numbers weren't that much better last year. They, it was like 50 shot attempts, four and 65 against. Like they were getting outplayed last year and things are worse this year now that they're all a year older. Um, I have no problem playing Washington here. One thing I worry about is that power play. The power play has been bad, like just flat out bad. And the coach said to expect major changes to the power play. Now what that actually means, we don't know. Um, whether it's just moving Ovechkin to a different spot than he's been in his entire career, whether it's entirely new personnel, like they do use two pretty even units. So I don't even know how many more guys they could possibly switch in and out on the top unit. Um, but the San Jose penalty kill has stayed like pretty bad. If there is a spot where Washington's power play could break through, it is this one. Um, I'm kind of with you though. I do like that Washington second line a little bit better. Uh, Dylan Strom's playmaking numbers this year have actually been really, really, really good. Like one of the top 25 players in the league for assists on scoring chances. Um, they're coming in with a ton of ownership, but if you just want to do like a Strom McMichael two man or something like that, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, they're going to, they're going to see those second and third line matchups uh, from the Sharks, which have just been absolutely atrocious so far this year. Um, you know, far, far worse than the top line. So, you know, I think you can even stack like Ovechkin with Strom because Ovechkin's going to play both halves of the power play most likely, no matter what. So they'll at least be on the power play together at some point. So if you do want to do like Strom, Ovechkin, 
Wilson or Strom, Ovechkin, Connor McMichael, I think that's perfectly fine here. So I, I would probably lean to some sort of stack like that. The Nick Dowd, Beck Malenstein fourth line is actually kind of interesting for me from Washington. And the reason I say that is because that fourth line from the Caps isn't getting like true fourth line minutes. Um, if you look of late, like Malenstein over their last four games has, and Malenstein and Nick Dowd both have been getting more even strength ice time than Dylan Strom has. They lean on that fourth line quite a bit. And as much as I don't like to use fourth liners, if you're going to play fourth liners, you play the ones that could play 14 or 15 minutes against this San Jose depth. So I, I honestly think that this Washington fourth line, at least like a two man of like Dowd, Dowd Malenstein or something like that is actually in play here tonight. Um, for me, it would go uh, Washington one, San Jose two, Washington two, and then Washington four. Missing Thomas Hurdle is a big loss for the Sharks. They don't have a lot of talent as it is, and he's he's pretty much the only guy other than like Granlin or Eklund that can be, or Duclair that can do anything on the ice. So I I I don't like to, but I think I still favor the Washington side here. Yeah. The, you can't talk about how big of a loss hurdle is. Like, even though he's been bad this season, he's like he's easily their best player. Yeah. So, like, Luke Cunning, come on, couldn't even crack the top six in Nashville. Couldn't even crack the bottom six at some point either. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Coming up after us. NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m. with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. 6 p.m. NBA Live Before Lock with Greg Ehrenberg and former Iowa State caddy Eric Lindquist. Uh, 7.15 p.m. Eastern, NFL Showdown Live Before Lock with Neil and Matt Bellman. So make sure to stick around for that. Let's talk a little bit about the defensemen here. As much as I don't want to play the Caps tonight, like the one thing I do like to do against the Sharks is play defensemen. Because they're they're going to play minutes regardless. <clears throat> so Carlson probably one of my favorite spend up options here tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me, Kale McCarr getting very expensive at eighty three hundred. I think like he's fifteen hundred dollars more expensive than the next guy at Alex Petrangelo, who I also like. McCarr's interesting because if McKinnon's out, I think I like McCarr a lot more than if McKinnon's in. If that makes sense, because you can't you can't play Colorado one and McCarr unless you're just like completely punting the rest of your lineup. So I, I kind of like McCarr if McKinnon's out. But I think I'll, I'm going to be living in the mid-range. Who are you liking? Uh, yeah, Carlson was the guy that I wrote up for obvious reasons. Don't mind Charlie McAvoy either um, against Columbus. I think he's not going to carry much ownership here tonight, and he's been a better offensive player than he's been uh, a lot than he was last year. The mid-price range is – there's really not a lot there that I'd like. Like Jacob Truba is projecting very well. Um, Brandon Montour, especially he's still cheap, really cheap on FanDuel, I think is fine. Like Rasmus Dahlin is one guy that's kind of interesting. I think they said Matias Samuelson is a game time decision for Buffalo. Like if he's out, even if Yokoharu comes back in, like Dahlin's, he's been pretty consistently above 25 minutes of late. Probably going to have to play that again. Like I think I prefer him over Truba in this game, honestly. Um, you know, Devin Taves, even though he's up to 4,500, I think is still in play. It, it's, it's the cheap guys that I do like 
I think it's boom bust for me amongst the defensemen here tonight. Like there's a lot of playable $2,500 defensemen here. You got Ryan Lindgren from the Rangers. You got Zach Whitecloud, who's going to be over 20 minutes, probably for Vegas. Um, you got Joel Edmondson back in the lineup for Washington. Um, and he's been back for a few games now, but he's 2,500 against San Jose. You got uh, Eric Brandstrom uh, from Ottawa, all 2,500 on DraftKings. So there are a lot of cheap guys to use. I'll add uh, Keandre Miller from the Rangers. He's been playing more minutes without Fox. And Bowen Byram um, up to 21 to 22 minutes a game uh, without Sam Gerrard around. So I'll add Byron to the mix as well. Yeah. And I'll just mention Eric Gustafsson, 4,400, could be the last ride for that power play with him. So yeah. don't mind that there. Let's check in on some goalies here. Igor at the top of the board at 8,400. Again, I'm not a huge spend up guy. Whoever's starting for Washington is going to be pretty expensive in the eights. Like shot volume concern there, especially with Hurdle out. Linus Allmark, Jeremy Swayman, the Boston goalie, whoever it is, I think has legitimate shutout potential. Then you start going down the list. I think uh, Aiden Hill, whoever starts for Vegas, I'm interested either if it's Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson at 7,600. Vasilevsky at 7,400, especially if McKinnon is out. Mackenzie Blackwood maybe at seventy one. He's been he's actually been decent this year. Yeah. So like you have to consider him, and then after that, like they're really <laughs> you like anyone else here? Like I hate goalies every night. Yeah, I know you do. Um, I don't. Yeah, Swayman starting for Boston. I don't like. I don't really want to pay up eighty two hundred on the road for a goalie. But if you're not paying up for Colorado, Tampa Bay, or whatever here tonight, like you might have the salary for it. So I honestly don't mind him. I wrote up uh, Aiden Hill uh, in the picks article. He's a little bit too expensive on FanDuel. DraftKings, he's only 7,600, though. He's had a really, really good season. Leading save percentage amongst all regular starting goalies this year, so good for him. Um, as you mentioned, Mackenzie Blackwood, 7,100 at home. Like, yeah, okay. Like, the thing is, is, like, even if he lets in, like, two goals on 28 shots or something like that, it's still not that bad. I mean, the win might be tough to come by on FanDuel. That's kind of the only problem. Um, I do like Vasilevsky as well at 7,400. I mean, there is a chance that McKinnon doesn't play. If you face that team without Landeskog, without McKinnon, without Lackanen, without Gerard, like, I don't, you know, that could be a decent chance. Even if McKinnon's in, I don't mind Vasilevsky for 7,400 on DK. Yeah. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? I mean, I had Hurdle, <laughs> which is unfortunate. So, uh, quick pivot uh, to one of your boys, going with Alexis Lafreniere. Ooh, had a ranger, but it's okay. Um, going with the guy behind me, Timmy Stutzla. Let's go. Yeah, I like that. First jersey. First first, first, jersey. first show with the jersey. May as well yeah. get a hat trick. Might as well. We will be back tomorrow, Tuesday. Nice little uh, eight-gamer, I believe. Um, NHL schedule is kind of flattening out a little bit here. We've kind of gone away from 1, 12, 2, 17. You know what I mean? 17 is not possible. Well, you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, make sure you smash that like button on the way out. If you're sticking around for NBA, you'll see the, you know, if you have the notification button on, you'll know when it goes live. But, everyone, good luck tonight. Hopefully, um, San Jose Arena, there's a giant sinkhole before the game. Everyone, no one gets hurt, and the game gets canceled. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> good luck tonight, everyone.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.